Metricast. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Quantum Leap Your Business in Life podcast. My name is Bethany London, and I am an energetic VC supporting CEOs and entrepreneurs in multiplying revenues and opportunities of their business through intuitive guidance and energetic healing. I am obsessed with finding and releasing blocks so that you can start receiving the guidance and opportunities that will be bringing you quantum leaps with ease. If you are looking to upgrade your business, life, spirituality, or need a perspective shift to flow, you've come to the right place. Leave it to me to pull out the juicy stories, quantum leap hacks, and how our inspiring guests have tackled obstacles and gotten into the flow to reach new heights of success. My intention is to bring clarity and massive awareness that infinite possibilities are everywhere. Your next moment could be a miraculous one. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Let's uncover their strategies, have fun, and see how we can quantum leap together. All right. So excited to be here with Reef from We Assist. I was introduced to him from the lovely Kendall and, or Ken, she goes by Ken now. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. Absolutely she's awesome. She's awesome. Yeah. She spoke so highly of you. She's like, you two need to meet. I'm like, okay, let's do it. So here we are. I love her. I appreciate her. She's absolutely incredible human being and I can't say enough great things. But if, if I had to say a, a magnitude of powerful entrepreneurial ladies that should be exemplified and the youth should look at as this next generation comes up. She's that person. She's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. And I think she was like three podcasts ago for anyone that's listening. <laughs> I need to know my numbers, right? Um, yeah. yeah. So let's hear, well, let's hear about your company and what you've created and then like dive into the juicy stuff behind it. Sure. Yeah. I can give you the elevator speech. I, uh, um, I'm Reef Coleman. I'm the founder and CEO of WeAssist.io, and we help people find high-level outsourced professionals for 30 to 70% less than you would domestically. Um, our differentiating factor mission statement is to feed as many people as humanly possible around the world through equally advantageous opportunities. Um, and yeah, that's essentially my business in, as a whole. Yeah. <laughs> so now you're making me think of Tony Robbins and his mission to feed everybody. Very, uh, I don't know what Tony Robbins's message is, but I am familiar with some of his content. And I'd say that I align a lot with uh, what he's trying to do for the world. I think he has a greater, uh, larger purpose in view. I like that. Yeah. I love people yes. that operate in that format. Yeah. To feed, feed the planet. I love it. Beautiful. So how did you, yeah, how did you get to where you're at right now? And I will, I will ask, I'll, I might go like this if I have a question or I'll just jump right in. Shoot. Yeah. Ask whatever you like. How far back do you want me to go? I'm uh, I was born and raised in Uruguay, South America. Is that too oh, far wow. back? Is that like, is that like way too, should I start somewhere in the middle from here and there? Like where would you Hey, like go, go wherever you're called. What feels natural? I guess. Yeah. I think I would like, I'd like to start maybe earlier years if we're really going in depth. I, my goal next year is to really get into podcasting and, and doing mm -hmm. more speaking engagements as I scale out my sales team. Uh, reading blitz scaling as we speak now and I feel like I would like to incorporate or have this be kind of like a practice towards that right no better way to do it than jumping into the deep end right like <laughs> go in and do it <laughs> like go, go for yeah. it um, so I appreciate you for giving me that space uh and ability to do this I I guess I'd have to start with yeah Uruguay uh South America and I only go to that uh for 
expressing coming from another country and appreciating this country so much, uh, what America has to offer and what a beautiful place it is and the opportunities you have here. Uh, we all have here, right? Um, I think in most places you work like a dog, live like a dog and die like a dog. Here you can work like a dog and build yourself a kingdom, right? And make generational mm -hmm. wealth and change other people's lives and your and your immediate people's lives. How long have you been that's, here? Since I was four and a half. And okay. that's, I'd say that's thanks to my mom. My mom is uh, the true piece of the, the beginning here is my mom is an absolute savage of a human being. And I hope to uh, edify her in every communication I get to have. She worked three jobs and collected cans to get me here to the US. Um, she left me in Uruguay with my grandma for four and a half years as a newborn, not even three months in, and uh, worked until she made enough money in 1991 uh, to pick uh, to pick me up and my uncle and my grandma and bring us back to California. So she's, yeah, she's an amazing human being for sure. Wow. That's beautiful. So four of the, so, so you've definitely lived most of your life here. Yeah. Pretty much Californian, right? Yeah. Yeah. California. yeah. Okay. Wait, where in California? I, still, uh, I, I was raised in uh, South central Los Angeles, the so concrete jungle. Uh, my mom okay. was held up at gunpoint a few times. I was pretty heavy. Not that I can recall. Um, then Alhambra, Alhambra is we lad mm -hmm. then South Pasadena South Pasadena is where I really got to see like violence and crime for the first time that was pretty heavy uh it was ah. uh up Marengo Avenue I don't know if I'm allowed to say that but whatever in Pasadena California in the the 90s and then Rosemead San Gabriel uh Valley was where I really got into some not so okay crowds because there's a lot of uh, uh apartment complexes lower income living and gang life was kind of like the way to go bald headed you know short haired or whatever the dickies um now my mom saw like, that i just trend. got assaulted like probably a month ago now but that was my first Holy time cow. preferably only time i'm yeah, so sorry was, to hear that i mean i think i i felt like i was passing a, a you know i'm not a gamer but the only game i can really talk about is mario brothers because that's my <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I felt like I passed Great a game. level, like I got to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Assault. <laughs> level so four. I made it. I made it out yeah. safely. I spread love. I wasn't actually even mad at them because um, I just felt like, you know, they're just doing the best they can. So preferably they don't do it to anyone else. And then it stopped because I didn't react the way they wanted me to, but we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a beautiful way to operate. I love that you operate in empathy, right? I mean, some people, like, you don't know what you don't know, right? And when you operate in empathy, you can see people for who they are holistically instead of judging others, right? Um, yeah. We have so many layers of our humanity. It's hard to step into the feet of someone else and project what our hurts are onto them, right? So, yeah, yeah, exactly. I appreciate you for doing that. Yeah, Arcadia was where I ended up uh, most of my time, uh, which is a very nice school district in um, Los Angeles and uh los angeles county right in the foothills a very beautiful area my mom worked so hard to get us there she worked nightclubs mm -hmm. like night uh, cocktail waitressing wow. um she would work non-stop three i don't think i've ever seen my mom work less than three jobs and i'm my one of my missions and goals is to retire my mom and i think even when i retire her she loves working with special needs kids i don't think that she'll stop working i think that she'll continue no matter what i give her and yeah, I, I won't be able to have a say on where she spends her money either. I feel like she'll give it away to whoever she wants. And it's going to be like, well, here's a draining bucket. Wait, long, what is she doing now? She works at a elementary school with special needs kids and then does okay. uh, home daycare for some like and nannies them and then works in an office at, at a school. Uh, so she doesn't know how to not work three jobs is what I'm hearing. Correct. Similar to me. I got that from her, right? Uh, through college, I worked four jobs and had 16 units and uh and I've always kept my my schedule pretty busy and consistently busy uh, wow. to the point where uh, four months ago or now, I, I, I'm sorry, I lied to you. Five months ago, I took my first vacation, seven and a half years, and uh, I struggled. I went camping and not being able to be in front of a computer. I almost yeah. fought my friend. I got into, I was like, hey, I need to get, I, a lot of the um, quotes that an, a drug addict would have, right? I was like, uh, you don't understand. You don't get it. I have to go. I need to do this. I need to, I need to get online. Yeah. I need to check my email. And addiction. he was like, no, you don't. And every, yeah, total addiction. Right. And, uh, a good thing that happened on that trip was, uh, figuring out, uh, that I, I knew how to be a human doing, but I didn't know how to be a human being was kind of the mm -hmm. overall synopsis of the time. 
So day three, recognize that I had to make a change. If I focus on the anxiety of not being present, then I would it'd be double negative. I wouldn't be there in time and I wouldn't be there in mind and I wouldn't be using the time wisely. So I, I focused on what maybe this moment needed me to focus on and that was releasing and really getting in touch with being okay with self, right? Right. Uh, and I did. Totally. And yeah. turns out nothing went wrong. <laughs> but nine days later, uh, after the three day, right? Nine days, 12 days all in. Uh, the company was doing great. Team was so happy to see me. I allowed them and, and a fellow entrepreneur said something very nice to me. He's owned a few and exited a few businesses. He said, sometimes you have to let your team be the team so that they can grow and not be with you or dependent on you and just see how they function. It's a good litmus yeah. test, right? To see how people react in the stress. Do some people just throw it up in the air and who cares? Or do they go for it? And they say, I can do this, you know? Um, I love that. So yeah, it was very um, you're helpful. also making me think of a conversation I, I think I had yesterday times flying by so quickly. And I was like, I work so much because that's my safe place. Fair. So for me, yeah, that's fair, how fair. I was raised. My, my dad definitely was a workaholic. I'm sure he's going to listen to this and love that, but um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely picked that up and it's like being the oldest of five kids, it's so much easier to just work and like go make money. And that that's and I get out of the house. I can go hang out with my friends and buy things. Yeah, so much safer. Yeah, I, I would say it is a form of escapism, right? I think anybody who says it's not, um, escapism is kind of, I think I had another entrepreneur in a meeting say something that I thought was deeply profound, but simple, very quippy. And we're all monkeys just chasing entertainment, right? And he said in a way that was so simple, but so beautiful. It, essentially, like some of us find entertainment in shooting or driving or in uh, uh, cooking or in uh, playing pool, uh, rock climbing, kayaking, camping, whatever it is yeah. that you find that entertainment in. Some building business, some love watching drama, being a part of drama or TV or movies or shows or music, festivals. There's such a large spectrum of what entertainment could be, right? Um, that we're all just kind of seeking entertainment and we've been doing that for ages. The only thing now is that we have a very, very large spectrum and ability to do entertainment. Right. And I thought that hit me, that hit me so profoundly in the, in a format of thinking we are all seeking entertainment. What is your entertainment? Right. And some people work is a form of escapism, right? Um, You can get away. You feel comfortable. You understand the, you understand that realm. You understand what it's like. So uh, being, creatures of habit in a comfortable space it's so safe right it's such a warm place to be it's like oh i know this even in in abusive situations some people find peace in that yeah. because they're so familiar with the abuse that this is peace to the outside yeah. it's like whoa but to their own brain somehow justify this is peace right so it's interesting how the brain seeks entertainment and seeks peace but those two terms are so subjective in so many ways i find that i find it deeply interesting yeah 100 percent so how long has your um, company been around? Uh, this company has been around now for uh, three years. Uh, started in, um, yeah, three years. So I had Raise Marketing, which is a marketing agency since 2015. And that launched um, in uh, Pasadena, California. And I worked on that uh, until about 2019, where I pivoted to we assist and helping people outsource and that's where we've been since officially on the book since march of last year um, after dissolving my last company and switching overall payroll and everything else uh, okay. but unofficially we've had our oldest team member has been three years and three months with us since the first day since inception oh awesome and yes, are they yeah. a, are they a va or <clears throat> yeah they're out of, they're out of the philippines so that that his story is one of my favorites uh he um uh, we're doing a video. I'm going to the Philippines next month. So we're going to do a video on this, but he started off with, uh, uh, borrowing a computer from a family member, borrowing a device, like a cell phone, um, for the family, um, sharing it. And now everyone's got laptops in the family. Uh, everyone has cell phones. Uh, yeah, he used to have to borrow to give and now he actually gives back to his mother and his brothers and he's looked mm. at as a respectable breadwinner um and he was able to get his own place 
Uh, he does podcasting now, vlogging through the uh, countryside, which he's always wanted to do. So he gets on his oh, wow. motorbike and drives through the uh, oh. uh, landscape of um, of the Philippines and uh, yeah, shares with people what the Philippines is about. It's pretty neat. Very, it's cool to see that cool. what what three and a half years or three years and three months could do to somebody, right? The shift. Well, uh, and it's a testament to you and your your ability to you know, create teamwork. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, yeah, that's a huge reason why. Can I be vulnerable? Can I just be honest? Like why? Yes, please. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I, I think I think uh, this would be an interesting place to talk about this. And I just kind of want to be boldly myself and really not give a fuck what anybody says, right? Uh, mm -hmm. On podcasts or anywhere that I go. Um, I think that the landscape of business is changing drastically, right? I think that humanity as a whole is starting to understand that the exchange of time for money is kind of an interesting format that we've created, right? Like salary comes from the word salarium, which is what we paid Romans with, salt, right? And that's what they oh. used to preserve meat. So at the time, it was a very uh, uh, coveted uh, currency because salt was how you were able to maintain meat for so long. So Roman soldiers were paid in a salarium. And people wanted salt. So it was then called a salary, right? Um, now it's money, paper with a dead president. Maybe in the future it'll be sticks. We don't know, right? But the idea that we chase these, you know, it's just kind of like we, we chase these things that mm -hmm. we give as a society value. And we forget that the greater picture, these things that we're chasing, monetary value or, or equitable goods, are so that we can buy time for the future so we can solve some of these larger issues at hand. And I feel that we've lost scope of that a little bit as a humanity, right? Uh, my whole reason for doing this is personal mission. How do we make the world a better place for the next two, five, or 10 generations through all our actions, right? Uh, so you, you said it with Dem. You're right. He is part of like the We Assist ecosystem and what we try to uh, have as an output. Mondays, we do conversations on emotional intelligence, on how to agree to disagree, having hard conversations, financial literacy. We just yesterday had an ergonomics teacher on, right? Teaching how to like sit in a desk, how to pull my shoulders back, how to sit correctly, be grounded, how to put your hands oh, on your shoulders. And, and everyone gets to learn from these things, um, which I find fascinating because then we pass it on to our next generation, our youth, right? If we look at, if we look at the system that we've created since the Henry Ford era, it's the first time in human history that we're deciding to work five to six days a week, eight hours a day, and slave away this way, right? Ch willingly, like choosingly, this like weird dichotomy of I choose to do this because I need to choose to do this, right? Um, so it's a very interesting time, I find. And if we're going to be somewhere for eight hours, I find that the future CEO has to have a larger responsibility on their back or shoulder. The responsibility of a CEO can no longer be, oh, I make money, P&L, great move on. I think the responsibility of a CEO is our future generations depend on our outputs and inputs. Uh, we work eight hours, we sleep eight hours with our family eight hours. Wherever school failed us, I think CEOs need to step in and have those conversations so that we could have a better generation yeah. or better future for tomorrow. Right? We just, we just created the stores. rule, the rule um, for, for London Heights, which is my corporate healing group, that if someone, if a CEO or a business owner is coming in and just wants money, and that's all that they're looking for is to increase profits. Yeah, we don't want to work with them. <laughs> I appreciate you for doing that. Yeah, there's there's a line. Yeah, we we want people that are expansive and can see, yeah, beyond just their business. So I yeah, it doesn't make it. It does sense to to make money, earn money, then pillage the earth for something that we're going to throw away in six months. And then after pillaging that for six months, go and turn it around and make more money just to pillage the earth more, right? I think we're getting into an evolutionary state as a species and we're recognizing that's not the end goal, right? Uh, we have to have a bigger vision and a bigger, like a bigger view of the world. Uh, like the Japanese, when you build a business model, they have, they call it a hundred year plan. You have to show a hundred years of what your wow. business is going to do. Isn't that fascinating to think what is the impact of my business a hundred years from now? Like that's such a far more progressive way to think or operate, right? Instead of the that. now, now, now. Yeah. Okay. So that is so cool. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate you. No, thank you. I'm like, I'm going to, that's like so expansive to think in that way. Wow. So good. Um, okay. So you're bringing in like training to your team with the, you were talking about like the chairs and everything, the emotional intelligence. Is that like a weekly thing or like how often? Every Monday. That? That's so cool. Every, every Monday. Every Monday. 
it's actually yeah. it's actually tied into their annual bonus. So if they don't show, they have to show up a minimum of seventy five percent of the time to the Monday meetings. And if they do, it's their first activator to being able to get more of their bonus on an annual bonus. Uh, so wow. example, if they do seventy five percent show up to their meetings, they are allotted the whole amount. Right? Wonderful. If they show up, uh, Apollo off. Sorry, my please. If they show up, uh, if they're uh, client card, so their client giving them a report card and say, hey, my player's A game good, then they give a certain amount. If they're uh, within the parameters of what they should be doing for being at work on time and their screen and so on and so forth, then they get a certain lot uh, allotted to them. Um, it's just checks and balances, right? At the end of the day, I, I want everyone to do very well, but I want good, honest people to work with good, honest people, right? Yeah. Uh, and doing that, there has to be a system for that, right? Or a process for that and a way to be able to keep people accountable on one side or the other. And we find that uh, monitoring services and being able to uh, tie KPI to a monetary value allows people to see that their actions pays them back, right? In other words, I think we go now to school, right? And in education, it's like, I pay to be educated. Well, what if you got paid to be educated instead of you paying to get educated, right? What if you can immediately say that by you doing this class, not only are you growing your mind and your brain, but you're also growing your pocketbook. So it's net positive on all three fronts, right? And that's kind of the- You're making me think of something that I was trying to digest that makes so much sense, but my cousin will give her daughter, who's like three, dessert with dinner. Like she gets both of them because they're taking, they're reframing that, that it's not like a reward to have dessert. It's not like, you know, sure it's, they're normalizing dessert dessert with the meal. So yeah, you're, you're kind of restructuring that. That's so cool with education. Um, Okay. So curious, are all the VA, like, is this all the VAs or is it the VAs for your company? Okay. Trying to say, how do I say that? There's the company VA yeah. and then there's the, the VAs that you're outsourcing to other people. Are they all coming to these or is that <coughs> just yours for Great your question. company? It's open to all. Um, and we, okay. so we're, uh, we're coining outsourced professionals out of virtual assistants because assistant virtually is like assistant role as virtual, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as we're writing out blog content now, we're going for outsourced professional or OP. Outsource professional being someone, a professional that you outsource, right? Because there's a, a, a plethora of different functionality that somebody could have. It's accounting, bookkeeping, uh, data uh, entry, um, assistant, virtual assistant, sales assistant, executive assistant. Even in that realm, there's kind of so many roles, right? Uh, yeah. So with that, I, I we're trying to really uh, push the term OP or outsource professional and have that be uh, how we coin them and term them. Uh, we open it up to all players. So the bonuses and all structures are open to all players across the board in our company. Oh. And the reason why we do that is because learning and knowledge shouldn't just be for like the privileged, right? It, it, there should be a way that we're able to give knowledge and learning. And I think if company owners see that the more knowledge and wisdom you pour into your players, the better players they are for your company long-term. And people remember, right? People care that you poured into them. They it matters, right? Someone's going to say that that company changed my life fundamentally, right? And that matters more than what? An extra $20? Money's not not the reward. Money is a byproduct of your efforts, right? The the true reward are the relationships, the knowledge that you gain. Uh, Like we said earlier, solarium, money, wood, right? Paper, wood. Like however you want to go about it, if you have the knowledge, you can rebuild at every one of those stages. And that's the true reward, I think. Amazing. Um, so in the building of your company, I'm sure there were setbacks. So how would you say you've quantum leaped? Oh, great question. Yeah. I'd say I give you a rundown of that. Would you like a rundown of that? You have time. Yeah. So we're all about the quantum okay, leap cool. here. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So when I, when I started, uh, my journey, I started with, uh, Jersey Mike's. I was a marketing director. Um, oh, yeah. I left college. Uh, I was doing the 14, uh, uh, four jobs and 16 units. Um, I actually paid an Asian kid, two Asian kids in my class, $100 a month to finish my notes for me so I could do my homework and also take my tests. Uh, when I got the job at Jersey Mike's, um, I was dating a, a, a girl at the time and she worked at Jersey Mike's and one of my classes had canceled. So I went to go get a sandwich and the uh, owner was there, uh, Alvaro Garcia. And that man revolutionized my life. He was such an impactful man largest franchisor in the US. Um, and he had 
uh, over 400 franchise units. Uh, man does over like $4 million a month, right? And he he taught me so many great principles, like anything outside of the results excuse, right? Um, push, um, don't give me your, your excuses. Duh, give me your how you achieved it, right? Um, find a way. Um, he, he, he also taught me work at the position that you want to be at, not the position that you're at, right? So work where you want to be, not where you are. Um, meaning like if you want to be a manager, work like a manager now. If you want to be a business owner, start practicing the principles now rather than I'll do it when I get there, right? Which is so, I think right. the case across so many minds. You don't pay me enough for this. You think money's the reward. It's actually the learning that's the reward, yeah. right? Um, so he was, he was phenomenal. Um, that's so cool. He's the one that I essentially, like the godfather of Jersey Mike's, asked him if I could leave and, and start my own company. And that's when I started We Assist, or sorry, Raise Marketing. Raise Marketing was interesting. Um, I Ubered from 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. or 9 a.m. in LAX because they were really good runs. The LAX mm -hmm. runs got you a lot of money. Uh, from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. I worked in an office for $500. I had no AC, no heater. I have pictures I need to send them to you. I'll send you some of the photos. Horrific place. Uh, not bad, not horrific, but like during the summer, I sweat through my shirts. So I had to like oh Uber on, yeah. or I had to drive only on Wednesdays for my meetings and stack them so I could be in the Prius with the AC. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I did follow-up. Simple, right? I burned my toes on a little thing on the bottom during winters. It was just an interesting time, but it's still worth it. Uh, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. or midnight, I had Uber again, Postmates or DoorDash. Uh, then on Fridays and Saturdays, I'd Uber till four or five in the morning in Hollywood because they had activators. So it was great tips. I so had that was just to make money, or were you actually working? The, you were working the company then. I had so I had launched Raise Marketing, my first marketing agency, and to have my first employee U.S. based, I had to work. I, uber non-stop sundays even sundays i'd go to the 99 cent store and buy uh sunscreens for 99 cents and sell them for 10 bucks a pop at the beach i'd just walk up and down the beach with a backpack and make 200 or 300 dollars and call it a day seven cool, days a hustler. week for seven and a half plus months make it happen right I, alvaro yeah. i blame alvaro and my mom it's like anything outside of the result is an excuse right i mean they're gonna make excuses oh, and tell you some bullshit story for why i didn't achieve there are plenty of those in the world everyone's got one man, I didn't do this, right? Or you're going to turn around and be like, here's how I succeeded. It was hard. It was crazy. It was interesting, but this is how I did it, right? And I'd much rather have a life full of those stories than the other side of the spectrum. It's just going to yeah. be more fruitful for me personally. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for so sharing that. And so as, how did things start shifting? Yeah, so raise marketing. The things shifted when uh, raise marketing, I realized uh, 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 scaling a marketing agency was very difficult. I was actually selling my buddy's platform, Ian Blair. He's my best friend from college, wonderful human being. Uh, he's a CEO of three companies right now currently, and he's just a juggernaut of a, of a sapien, right? He's just really well-minded and just great frame of mind, great principles. Uh, <clears throat> and he, uh, he started an app company, like uh, a Wix for mobile apps, so graphic user interface to make mobile apps. Then I decided to white label his software to sell it, and nobody wanted it. Like at the time, everyone was like, and just to give you like uh, understanding, I guess in uh, Jersey Mike's, I'd opened 190 plus Jersey Mike's and opening up all those Jersey Mike's uh, as a marketing director, I created their national marketing campaign for how they launched Jersey Mike's in 2012. So that was like my project. And I mm -hmm. re recreated their format essentially for launching, which was kind of interesting. Um, nice. It went from like negative 20, negative 48,000 a grand opening to positive 40, positive 60,000 a grand opening. And it was just by fundraising, giving back to school and education and kids, which is like where my heart's truly at, right? The future, the youth is really important to me. Um, but I'd met so many mayors and officials and city officials and whoever, whatever's and chamber of commerce that I was like, this is something interesting, right? Like, look at all these people, like how, what can I do here? Uh, so I thought I'd sell mobile apps because I saw that they needed help with technology and I would give them apps. After nine or 10 players or nine or 10 people that I approached, I realized that nobody cared for a mobile app. I was educating more about what a mobile app was than actually selling mobile apps. Um, mm. So I ended up getting to a space where um, in, the, in the moving of mobile apps and helping people make mobile apps, I would ask them, if, uh, would you like a mobile app? And they'd say, no, but I need a website. Uh, finally, like tunnel vision of an entrepreneur, right? Like you're stuck in these blinders. <laughs> I was like, if I can get you, if I can build you a website for free, will you buy a mobile app? And they were like, <laughs> 
sure right never touched that <laughs> they never and i could see the back end never opened the app but they had their website they're like this is great uh so i realized oh uh and one of the <laughs> principles i realized through my my journey was listen to your customer and ask plenty of questions because they will tell you what their needs are and you can deliver on those right uh yeah. so it ended up they needed websites and that's when it was like okay we're doing websites done drop the mobile app started doing websites and building websites for people um, and that's how raised marketing was born and it was horrifically hard uh again i worked all those jobs just to have my first us-based employee and be able to pay his salary plus mine plus uh working on the business and growing it and scaling it uh, and i still remember i remember him working from like nine to five or nine to six daily and i and he was like a partial partner in the business right like a um a profit sharing partner and mm -hmm. i just remember me working from like 6 a.m to 10 p.m or midnight and thinking like i'm grinding you know is any why why can't other people around me grind the same way and that's another interesting like thing i have I zero desire to <laughs> yeah you know i was like I, that's how kind of some i, I noticed that there's it, some people that do it some people that don't right or some people that want yeah. it, some people that don't want that right and it was it was a very hard awakening for me to realize that I just have to worry about me, self, and I, and then do me at the best level possible and not project my goals, my wants, my ambitions onto others and allow them to be them, right? Humanity is so yeah. diverse and so beautiful. Um, so it was a very good learning lesson for me, uh, but ended up, uh, <clears throat> yeah, ended up dropping uh, uh, Jersey Mike, starting my own agency from starting my own agency. I worked that for as long as possible. Um, I got to talk to a gentleman in a McDonald's drive-thru who had a red Lamborghini Huracan and he was like 20 years old an Asian kid and I scared the bejesus out of him I got out of the car and was like hey what do you do for a living and he was like what do you want yeah I, I, I do e-commerce and he had two Porsche Cayennes behind him and I was like what are these cars like they're my company cars I think he thought I was gonna mug them you know because I'm in the yeah I'm a six foot two Uruguayan like 240 oh. pounds in a in a Toyota Prius you know so he's probably like this guy's desperate you know <laughs> so yeah I ended up uh making friends with him and uh uh, that friendship was very fruitful. A few months later, he put on an event called Ecom Accelerators, and I couldn't, um, I couldn't afford the tickets, but because there were eighteen thousand or a ridiculous oh, wow. amount of money for the weekend, um, he brought a bunch of people from around the world to a Hollywood Hills house and mm -hmm. closed invite like a hundred people only, and they got to talk to all these high level entrepreneurs and ask them questions. In twenty eighteen, back in the day of like. Ecom was blowing up, right? Hey, here's how you do a drop shipping store, you know, like learn how to do e-commerce. Um, <clears throat> so uh, people paid for it. I asked them on a, on a serendipitous phone call, like, hey, do you need help with anything? He said, yeah, I need a videographer. You have a marketing agency, right? And I was like, yeah, of course. Uh, him not knowing that I had one, one team member, right? And was like, can I, uh, <laughs> can I get can I get three videographers? I was like, sure, right away. Tell me the date and time, you know? So I got the address, date and time. I went on Upwork. I hired three videographers. I got shirts that said raise marketing on them and asked them to be my employees for the weekend. And I absolutely went to the event at pretending like they were my employees. And that's oh, how wow. I got into an $18,000 plus event for like amazing <laughs> $750 essentially all in. Uh, but there Love I met it. some great people, Ben Malal, Vince Wang, uh, Beast of Ecom, Sean Kelly, right? Uh, Jeffrey, mm -hmm. like just these wonderful human beings. And Sam Benning is the guy that changed my life. He uh, he had an interesting model. He would do like $50,000 of ad spend on a product, right? Dropshipping, mm -hmm. whatever it was online <clears throat> and test it for 14 days. And if it brought a return on ad spend of 1.25% or more, he would put in five to seven outsource professionals on the store, give them a salary plus a percentage of the profits and run the store. He had like 17 stores doing between a million to $3.5 million. Absolute beast of a human being, right? Just so impressive. Wow. And uh, <laughs> I was like, shoot, I need to do this. Now, wow is right. That's exactly how I felt. I was sitting there like, oh my God, you would are, who are you people? You know, like, what is happening in here? Uh, mm. how did I get here? Uh, <clears throat> ended up, uh, taking him out to dinner and lunch before he went back to the UK with his wife. And he essentially shared with me how to do a little outsourcing. And that's where my journey started. It took me nine months to yeah. find my first player and it was hellacious. Uh, first three did nothing. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, the sixth outsource professional locked me off out of my software and helped me ransom. I had to pay them to get back into the software. That sucked. Oh uh, 
yeah, I didn't tell anybody that that happened because I was so embarrassed, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, it kind of, I, I think in entrepreneurship, you have to learn to have a very healthy relationship with pain, right? Like you have to learn to love the process and that nothing is forever. Nothing is long lasting, right? Like pain is temporary and so is happiness. You can choose them and how to exist within them, but those moments of pure bliss, enjoy them because they will end at one point, right? And then the moments of pain, enjoy it because on the other side of it, there's a huge learning lesson. Start seeking what that learning lesson is in the midst of the pain. So then it's much lighter to carry and it carries you towards more happiness, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like, <clears throat> kind of like endurance athletes, right? Like no one likes to run. Like I do 180 or 80 mile bike rides or long bike rides. And it's like, I don't, no one enjoy. It's not like you don't feel pain. We all feel pain, but there's a goal, right? And you tell your mind to keep going. And in that, I find the same thing for entrepreneurship, that mental fortitude is so necessary, right? The more you practice and sharpen that, that weapon or that blade, the stronger you'll be long-term because you'll be able to right. supersede others or beat others where they like fall apart, right? Um, so the seven, eighth, ninth, the ninth thousand professional was a winner um, after suffering. And I also didn't give up because I have a way of looking at things and saying, if someone else is doing it, why can't we? Like it was, someone was doing it, right? I'd seen it working. All I had to do was figure out how to make it work, right? It was like, I know it does. I just need a, it's like making a puzzle, right? You're sitting there with a, a thousand piece puzzle and you're like, I know this works. Like it's obviously, unless someone messed all the pieces up and like scattered five puzzles together and was like, ha ha, you know, like the joker of the world's like, here you go, yeah. let me let me destroy Gotham through this process. Chances are all the pieces are there. You just have to figure it out. Uh, <clears throat> so in that, I just decided to keep going and keep pushing until I got a result and ended up getting a result, right? Uh, and that yeah. ninth outsource professional showed it. It was like, they were hungry. They were gregarious. They were open-minded. They were hardworking. They pushed. It was just something that I'd never seen before in a player. Uh, domestic or broader in companies. I mean, I hired more than over a thousand people in Jersey Mike's, right? I hadn't seen players like that. They're such a rare breed in a person. And I thought yeah. if I could figure out how to do this for other people, there might be a business here, you know? Um, Love it. Yeah. Wow. Well, I can see, or I feel that working for you would be a dream, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's still work, sure, right? Yeah. It's, but yeah, it feels like, work. yeah, you really take care and love up on your people. And when I'm working with CEOs and business owners, it's all about, I, I, I actually tune into their level of love because it radiates throughout the whole entire company. So I'm going to agree more. It trickles from the top. Yeah. Totally. I appreciate you. And I'm, I'm getting better at accepting compliments. So I'm going to say, thank you. Ah! And I appreciate <laughs> you. I'm working on that. It's like very... It. <laughs> <clears throat> interesting totally waters for me but i i value it and i'm gonna reset myself here and adjust myself on my seat there we go uh, <laughs> yeah i think uh i think that i think that love is love is a very important component to running a business right and helping people i mean like pouring into others and people are the business you know i think it's i think people are waking up to like like that's why entrepreneurship is so big and people are like i can't find a good player because we're waking up we're like, I recognize that me trading my life points to help you buy a Ferrari for $10 an hour, I'm giving you the most precious thing on this planet, my time. And you're going to give me fucking $10 an hour? Yo, like what? Wait, that is changing. It's shifting so fast before our very eyes. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's something that people, if, you, if people don't adjust to it, people are waking up to it and they don't want to be a part of that process, right? I tell people, you are the business. You are literally the running engine if every single one of you got up today and said i'm not coming to work we would fall apart there's nothing else keeping that structure together and it's antithetical right like a lot of people say that yeah. and they're like oh don't say that what if they actually think to do it good if they think to do it then they should because i'm not doing something right as a leader there should be no reason why that exists for them to do if I'm doing everything right as a leader, right? If I'm saying, hey, here's your needs, your wants, what's going on, asking the questions, what do you need, what's going on, what could I help you with, what would make this better, what would make us better, what would make this process better, what would make the situation better? Hey, does anybody have any great ideas? Let's run these, let's try them, let's check it out. Why not, who knows? If I'm not doing that as a leader, then I'm I'm literally put, setting myself up for failure. They should turn around and yeah. walk out. 
Like what? Like it's not the elephant in the ring idea, right? Where you like now they can't leave because they've had a chain on for so long, right? They say mm-hmm. if you put a chain on an elephant for X right. amount of years, after you take the chain off, they don't know how to leave past 20 yards. They get stuck to that circle because they're behaviorally conditioned. I want to actually, I understand that we could behaviorally condition. I'm totally aware. Yeah. I'm not yeah. ignorant to that. My idea yeah. or my thesis is instead of behaviorally condition how to make slaves or how to make just mouth breathers that are just like here fulfill work. How about we behaviorally condition people to think outside the box, be expansive, have, pass right. that on to future generations so that we can have a better tomorrow. Instead of like continuously, like I, I'm tired of hearing people at the highest echelon complain like, oh, society, humanity, people just don't get it. Then teach, then use your mind and teach so that we can have a better humanity, right? Okay, I have to ask you a question. <clears throat> it's coming Shoot. through. And then, and then, and then I'm going to ask you like the final one. Cause I feel like I could talk to you for 20 hours. Um, okay. I don't mind it. I'd love it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like usually like 30 to 45 minutes, but we're going, um, yeah. I'm curious if you have like, uh, for any other business owners listening, any, um, they can't that aren't, that are looking, let's say for in-person people, any interview questions that are like really juicy. Yeah. Why do you do what you do? Why do you get up in the morning? Okay. Quite simply, figure like uh, Simon Sinek, find your why, right? Like yeah. the functional questions, you should always have a several tiered hiring process. We have nine steps in our company, right? Assessment test, personality test, background check, uh, reference check. We do a digital cover letter. We have them write a piece on their on their position. We do a, a video, which is a digital cover letter. Then we do a digital resume. We do three interviews of a group interview, and then we have them do a test for whatever role or position, right? Uh, and then within that, we even ask the company like, hey, bring your specialist in to have these conversations. You should have a process for your hiring engine. If you're creating a process for hiring, either hire someone to buy that time back for you. We go through 220 to 180 candidates every hire, which is a I can't tell you how much work it is to go through that many applicants just to bring three possible applicants to say, Hey, try these guys out. Uh, That process alone takes time and energy. So dedicate time and energy to that because your hiring engine is the most important engine to your business. Who you bring on board, uh, Jim Collins, good to great, wonderful book, right? Peak performance, right? Never split the difference. Uh, Principles by Ray Dalio. Uh, Most of these books at at the core talk about great people, right? The four hour work week. Like they talk about having great people in your organization. Literally who you put in your team will decide the fate and future of your business. Uh, so truly find out who that person is, right? Do they? Do you agree with them and define common grounds or commonalities? I say, ask them what they care for and like where you, what do you, why do you work, right? Family, okay, great. Like that's very heavy, right? Just, yeah. oh, you know. I'm like, cash, I think you whatever. put more oh, time into hiring than the than most people. 100%. Yeah. Hire slow, fire fast. And I wear that, I wear that weight heavily. Like if you really want to hear the weight that I carry and what keeps me up at night, everyone has their little nightmares. Mine is a people, a company, you only name three things, like a baby, a pet, and a company. That's huge. Everything else is named. A rock is a rock, a wall is a wall, a ball is a ball, right? We don't name anything. Stars, maybe, or if you're a microbiologist in the ocean, you're naming, right? But you have to be a discoverer, an explorer. Entrepreneurship allows you to be your own explorer from your living room or your kitchen. Like, that's crazy to think about. That That's something that we sweat and bleed into. Like, it's a big deal, a company. So I wear the weight of somebody's hard-earned business. And I wear that not lightly because I was taking advantage of so many times. On the other end, we're feeding an entire family, right? So you have this entire family system that if you mess up, the process, it's not just a, hey, you know what? Let's go return these. You're fine. All right, cool. That's mm-hmm. great. Let's just throw in the Amazon box. You no, know, like people are depending on food, right? So live off of that. Um, so I carry that weight heavily on my shoulders of putting the right people together. Um, yeah. Another one I'd say is, is, is watching how people answer, right? Are they, are they telling you their victims scripts or are they telling you their hero stories? Are they projecting and pointing the figure on others for why they didn't succeed? Or are they taking responsibility and ownership? Are they, are they telling you uh, complaints or are they telling you their learning lessons? 
how are they expressing their humanity and their journey, right? We're very simple creatures, sapiens of habit, right? Then we take in content and we spew out content. The content that we take in and then the lenses and frames that we process that information through, which is our mind and past experiences of life are very important because they will tell you how you view the world and how you express the world as you speak it out. How someone speaks of life themselves, their history, their surroundings, however, whatever, is a huge insight into their mind and how they process and view information, right? So listening to how people listen, and that's a nuanceable thing, right? It's kind of hard to explain in just this five second or five minute or whatever, but I would say like, paying that attention. That was a deep question, but that was so good. Sorry. That was so good. Sorry. I hope I'm no. answering it well. I apologize. No, you did. You did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I apologize. I, I tend to no. do that at times. Um, no, I love it. I think it's, I think it's, yeah. If seeing how people answer is big. Finding out their why and seeing yeah. how people answer are are pretty uh, interesting questions. Then the rest are really about their humanity. Who are they as a person? Right. Mm-hmm. Very strong. Yeah. Love it. Um, okay. So to wrap it up, maybe <laughs> my, I always end with what would be, if you had to button it all up, what would be your three keys to quantum leaping in business and life? It's in your toolbox. Three keys to quantum leaping. For others to use? Yep. I'd say, I'd say the first one is be religious and be dedicated and devoted to making principles for your life, right? Be absolutely obsessive for making your own principles, how to operate your own life, um, your if-thens, how to operate, et cetera, right? Uh, I'd say the next one is um, make the world a better place so that our future generations can answer the questions that we've not yet answered. And that one is the one that guides me most, right? Selflessly live. Selfish is living for like, um, maybe I'll go to heaven, maybe reincarnation, whatever. I have to do good deeds now because I'll be rewarded later, right? Like, ooh, like it's it's selfishly selfless, right? You're like, I'm going to be selfless, but it's because I'm selfish because I want this reward at the end. What if we operate in a truly selfless pathway, which was, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. The only thing we truly know is that our loved ones are going to miss us. That's the only thing we can verifiably check and know for a fact. Outside of that Mm -hmm. Roman reality, we can say that probably our best bet, because there are so many questions that we don't know yet, is help our future species be able to answer the questions that we have not yet answered by giving them a better platform to do so. Why? Because this experiment or this thought process of consciousness or human cognition is a very interesting thing. And we still don't know what it is or what lies to it, what it lies in at the core. We have no idea. Everything's a hypothesis. So we should probably, probably our our best bet is to make sure that our future generations can answer some of those potential theoretical questions. Where do we come from? Why are we here? What's our purpose? What are we doing? Give them the opportunity to answer instead of proposing answers that don't exist just yet. And the last one, uh, huh, that's a good, I, I think I answered the other two inside the actual uh, dialogue, right? But I think making principles for self. Ah, yeah, the last one I would say uh, for success is practice emotional intelligence. I'd say that the, the most important thing that we can do as a species is understand that we are experiencing and observe our experience instead of being our experience, right? Instead of functioning in actual aggression or sadness or whatever else that deviates us from our desired result, be emotionally cognitive and emotionally aware, right? Take responsibility for all actions. Um, like how do we operate in the world? Uh, how do we respond to the world? You're not, I, I can't stop you. If you want to sit here and cuss me out for the next 30 minutes, I can't stop you from doing that. What I can do, what I do have power in is reacting to you, right? I mean, they're going to react and, oh yeah, well, welcome to heck, you know, like I'm going to get you first. My ego, my hurt inner child ego is going to fight back or I can take a step back and recognize this is a hurt person or they're trying to express something and really try to figure out what's going on, right? That emotional cognition and emotional intelligence is incredibly important. I find that that's key to success. And I think if more people, in fact, that go far enough to say that the, the wars of the future will not be fought amongst each other. Cause I think it's silly that we fight over dirt and soil and land. Like if you gave somebody a bag of dirt for their birthday, they'd be like, what the fuck? But if you give them an acre, they're like, oh my gosh, an acre. Thank you. Real estate. That's so, yeah. sub- right. Like just because the amount of dirt makes it like what, it doesn't make sense. Right. Uh, or that like, 
whose God has the bigger wee wee, right? Like mine, yours, haha. Like our land is promised. Why not? Right? Like it doesn't make sense that we're fighting over like whose God has a bigger dick. Um, so I think that the wars of the future will not be fought against each other, but rather internally. We'll be fighting our own self and our own uh, our in iniquities and like our own hurts and our own inner traumas, because that's truly how we'll get to a more utopian loving society. When we are okay with our own journey, we will be much more understanding of the journey of others happening before us. We'll be much more open-minded to their experience because we'll be like, ah, you're experiencing just like I am and learning. How beautiful. Show me your notes. Let's talk. <laughs> Show me the notes. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah. Show me the notes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So good. Well, That's you it. are, you're a total gift in leadership to this world. So I'm excited. Uh, yeah. I don't, there's something great for you here to support other owners for sure. I appreciate you saying that. Thank I'm you. Like, That's very yeah, kind of I'm like, I don't know what that looks like, but I just, I feel it. <laughs> I appreciate your support in that. 2023 is my year to start speaking. So I would love your oh, support. Oh, there and, you go. Uh, yeah. You and I are getting early access. I don't know. I'm very nervous and excited for this next year, but this is kind of my first tipping of the toes into podcasting and speaking. So I appreciate owning you for- it. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Well, I'm so blessed to have you on the Quantum Leap. <laughs> likewise. Likewise. It was a pleasure thank being you. here. Bethany, awesome. thank you. You're awesome. Thank you. You're awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to subscribe and let me know by leaving a review on iTunes. It fuels me to keep bringing you more juicy guests. And if you aren't already following me on social media, check out at Bethany London on Instagram, L-O-N-D-Y-N, that's a cool factor, <laughs> or go to BethanyLondon.com for healing opportunities, courses, and additional thoughts. And don't hesitate to create some IG stories tagging me and our guests with your favorite quotes so we can reshare them. I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, wishing you that quantum leap. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's just No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. Touchdown. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Electric acid. Electric acid.